Off the ball. He is desperate to beat Shearer's record. There's no doubt about that. If he does beat Shearer's record, that record may last forever. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. And you're welcome along on this Monday evening. So yet again, the Hurling Championship pumps out non-stop drama and of the last minute variety this weekend. Five-time All-Ireland winner Wickle Kenny, David Herdy and journalist and author Christy O'Connor are on the way. Rashida Adeleke underlines her credentials once again. NCAA champion, 400 metres in a time of 49.20. Needless to say, an Irish record. That's uh, obvious at this stage every time she runs. Uh, but it is a time which would have bagged her a silver Olympic medal in Tokyo. So Dervil O'Rourke is with us on a 20-year-old superstar who may well be turning pro. We'll probably find that out in the next week or two. She's got a decision to make. Damien Delaney on Manchester City's treble winning Saturday in Istanbul. And Saturday also marked BT Sport bringing down the curtain on 10 years of football coverage. I mean, anecdotal as social media is, maligned across the board. And Saturday was a microcosm of that. John Brune will tell us why. 53106, the text number. We're at off the ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello. Hey Joe. Richard McCormick as well, hello. Hello to News Talks on Jake Humphrey. Do you want to say hi back, Mick? Oh. Come on. I was about to take, about to take offense on your behalf there, Joe, <laughs> but I, I won't bother next time. I just mean that he's, I, he's the you know the, the key and core presenter, Mick. Nothing, nothing more. Wow, what a mean start. He's <laughs> like the most <laughs> maligned presenter in history. <laughs> Joe is into high performance though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that podcast is a lot. you got to control what the time you up that this morning, show. Joe? I've never heard a second of that podcast, I have to be honest. Now, maybe that's not me doing my job properly, but do you know what? No job's worth it. Well, look, if you're not up at 3 a.m. and straight into a cold plunge followed by some journaling, I don't know how you expect to do anything in life. <laughs> so, uh, the drama. Are you happy with winning, Joe? Are you happy with winning? Because if you're happy with winning, then you're not a winner. Yeah. I know. I just don't know. I mean, if Mario Balotelli was the man to put that to. <laughs> he was like, I don't even want to be here, Jake. Why are you coming at me with that for? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was like rubbernecking on a car crash on Saturday night. It was bad. It yeah, was, it was particularly bad. I think they've had a lot of missteps over the decade, but that was going out with a bang. I mean, Gundogan signing Des Kelly's um, credentials armband was oh my God. a it's, high point for many people. You know, and I will talk about it later and won't get too into it now, but I think it's the the sycophant nature of it all that it's just so hard to it's so hard to deal with you know i think even as a city fan i would have watched that on saturday night now i can't exactly put myself in those shoes and just being a little this is a bit much yeah you know i just i don't believe you my sense you know? is they're um, acutely conscious of and i would think as a consequence rattled by the loudness of social media and so there's a very loud group, I'm sure, of Man City fans. I know, and fans across the board. And so I think they are just so acutely conscious of that. It's like a constant, yeah. please don't be mad at us. Like they constantly address Man City, Man City fans, look at this. And to not mention the massive cloud hanging over that team once in the broadcast. Oh, yeah. It's kind Pretend of dereliction of duty, yeah, really. Yeah, it yeah. is. And even the line at full time was that um, the greatest story in club history football yeah. history has its ending this is exactly the as, point as sorry. if it's like you know yeah. Swindon Town have come up from League One and and gone all the way here I mean 
yeah, it may have its ending, but they have omitted chapters 2008 to 2022. This is not the plucky underdogs and we're all swept away about this. Absolutely. And like, I do understand if you're a broadcaster of the actual footage, it's not necessarily journalism. I do understand you are here to talk about the football and to talk about what this team have achieved and what Guardiola has done tactically. And you can actually do that and legitimately ignore that cloud. But if you're going to do that, you can't tell the other side of the story. You can't talk about the fairy tale. You can't be this sycophantic thing of this, like, you know, this unbelievable story of these guys coming from nowhere to come. You you know, that part is actually disallowed if you want to be the focus on the football crowd, Mm. you know? Mm. And that's the major problem. The hurling championship did its thing Ah, again. I I don't know. There wasn't, we don't want to talk about that, do we? (laughs) You had a great goal. Oh, Kilkenny, what what a game that was. Like, you know, last minute goal, win a game then there was another match on mm. you're just waiting for me you're just gonna <laughs> wait for me to cry Joe <laughs> well I think Clare are still in great shape yeah but they didn't win the Munster Championship the matches themselves but they never win counts. the Munster Championship <laughs> I know that's the point six finals now since they last won it I've been at all of them Joe I've been at all of them and I could I could tell you a sub story about each one well I couldn't believe I mean so even chatting with Jamesy yesterday in the show that Gerlach Nan is the only manager post 1932 to have him manage them to a Munster medal is quite something and the other stat which got me last night I thought it was a just a doozy was that since Clare won it in 98 all of the other counties in Munster have won it at least four times What's, what, what, are you, what are you rubbing it in for Joe? But it's a strange relationship that Clare have with the Munster Championship <laughs> Yeah they can't win the bloody thing What's the <laughs> story? They went they had 63 long years and now they've gone they will go at least another 26 I'm not, I'm not buying too much into the freeze they were obviously freeze and at that moment in the game they feel uh, very important but I think realistically if you're Clare and you've had the spells in the game that you've had and your conversion rate's at about 50% and I think you've between blocks wides and shots drop short you've passed up on 22 opportunities then yet yeah. the, f- the free feels horrible because of when it happened but I, it would be wrong for them to focus in as like oh well we, we were robbed unpopular opinion there I'm sure no I, I know what you mean I do know what you mean it's not an unpopular opinion I think that's what most people are going for and I think it, it, in some ways I think it overlooks like a, a really I thought a, a, a clear straightforward decision that you could see from 50 yards away so therefore a referee who's standing who I was watching the ref he's right there beside it he's he's, he's looking in mm. I felt like a big a big thing happened right before that decision Joe where he made Quilligan retake a puck out the Limerick fans invaded the pitch thinking the game was over there was a whole delay on that they had to get him off you can't tell me that's not in his head that if I give the wrong decision here and give Claire the soft free and it's a draw and referees play for a draw. I'm not suggesting anything in terms of like he wanted either team to win. Referees don't care about that stuff. We know all that, right? But I'm saying is you're you're very, very wary about giving a free there when Limerick fans have literally been on the pitch celebrating. That's a scandal waiting to happen if he makes the wrong call. So I think there's a natural thing there where you're waiting for to be well, absolutely do, sure. Do you mean like afraid for his safety? No, I mean afraid for making the wrong call. Referees don't want to make the wrong call. Like, I mean, well, no, he did make it. But what yeah. I'm saying is, the, the, do you not think that Limerick fans being on the pitch 30 seconds beforehand in their hundreds, if not thousands, in any way influenced the, the, the nature of that next play? I hadn't thought about it, actually. Do you know what I mean, though? Because it's like you're literally, if you've got a Gaelic rounds that were literally celebrating winning a Munster title 30 seconds before and next thing it's going to extra time and 
I made the wrong decision. It mm-hmm. wasn't the free. The Clare player dived, etc. You know, you're in for a hell of a, a lot of accusations coming at you, I would I, say. I'd sort of see it the you other know? way in that the safe thing to do is to, God, this the whole match hinges in this decision. I'm going to give the free and then they have extra time to sort it out between themselves and I'm not the story to the same extent. Whereas you're totally the story if you deny the equalising point because yeah. that's all you're left with. He got yeah, it wrong. Okay, yeah, fair so enough. Like, enough. In, in, but, you know, going back forever yeah. is the thing not to do to blow and, you okay. know, level it up. Okay, well, look... That, I thought it was a brave thing to do. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Look, <laughs> it was a brave, wrong thing to do, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, he made that decision and that's that. Like, and I've said what I said on it, but at the same time, you're right. Like the focus should actually like if if Clare are going to come back into this championship, their focus is on we. You know, if I'm I'm at that match yesterday, I'm like Limerick have all the space, they have all the 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 possession. They're the ones who are getting the scores. They're not missing chances. You know the name of the guy on security on the door. Stop, stop. I don't mean. I'm saying in terms of like all of the flow of the game, Limerick should have won the game well, and yet Clare were in it and mm. probably could have drawn it and could have won it at other times in the game and, and, and wasted chances at the end of the game in a really like peculiar way. And it's like, there's so much heart in that team. They're five points down and it's completely gone away from them. And they just fought back and back and back. And there's loads of things they could fix. And given all of the serious games they played against Limerick in the last two years, you know, like they know they're as good as them at this stage. And it's time for us to even realise that, you know. And like it should be a kick on point like I was actually really proud of the way they f- they kept at it and kept in there and pro- and should have had a score to bring it to extra time you know regardless of being robbed or not robbed you know like Limerick should be obviously insanely proud as well like I mean we can gloss over five in a row all we want because we're used to the superlative yeah. surrounding this Limerick team but Joe all we've talked about all year is how competitive the Munster Championship is how difficult it is compared to Leinster and yet we kind of take for granted that Limerick have just won five of them in a row it's absolutely astonishing. Cork did it in the 80s. When Cork did it in the 80s, Clare were in and out of the doldrums, Waterford were in the doldrums, Tip were at their worst ever run. You know, it, don't get me wrong, it was a great achievement, but what Limerick have done in the last five years in that, that competition is absolutely insanity. Mm. Bernard and Fingless says, salty Mick, very salty. I think you were actually less salty than I thought you were going to be. Well, I'm on the National Airwaves. Talk to the author. <laughs> salty. I know, no, no, no. <laughs> Rich. My, my Twitter last night was probably my saltiest. I've been oh, counting down ever since. Then. Oh, I look forward to that. I hadn't seen that. I'll, mm. I'll enjoy I'm try, that. I, I'm trying to kind of like, you know, mature. Be, be mature, but also be somewhat dispassionate when I'm you know, talking about these things. The Champions League final, Rich didn't quite uh, grab. It wasn't the spectacle that we might have hoped for. Although at least it wasn't Inter Milan mm. rolling over. It had a certain degree of intrigue. Pep Guardiola screaming, relax, relax after 20 minutes. He didn't look that relaxed as he was screaming that funny. No, he, he didn't. He wasn't He wasn't uh, emitting a sense of relaxation and calm uh, from the sideline. I, it was really intriguing. It wasn't the dog of a final that the two others that the Europa League and the Conference League final were. Um, I actually found it really engrossing to see how long Inter could keep them at arm's length. And then it it's weird how it's turned into a story in terms of the game of how Inter ultimately wasted chances because mm. I don't think anybody would have foretold that going in. Like City were heavy, heavy favourites and deservedly so for Inter to keep them at arm's length for as long as they did and then f- for them to ultimately squander the game, especially with those chances towards the end and some brilliant saves by Edgerson as well. I don't think we should gloss mm. over that either. Um, it, was a, it was a good final, not a, not a great final and a testament to... The job Inter did for vast swathes of yeah. the match. It's just yeah. uh, from their point of view, unfortunate that City 
were always going to have that edge. It was just a matter of when it was going to come. As soon as something clicked for them, they were going to score. And when you have a player like Rodri <clears throat> in the space that that opened up in front of them, the edge of the box, um, you know, you're always going to make be paid or may pay from there. I agree with that totally. It, 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 the I was even arguing at home about this. Is like there's there was a sort of a sense of either it was dreadful or or it was intriguing and sort of nothing in between. I was massively intrigued by it because the idea was City here who have been on getting better and better and better every game for the last three, four months mm-hmm. to their culmination are blowing it. They were playing terrible. It's the worst yeah. I've seen them play in months and months and months in the first, maybe the whole game actually. I knew. I and, I th- and then I thought when Rodri scored they'd settle down and that was it and it'd be boring now and yeah. then that didn't happen either. It was loads to, in- it was it was dogged and kind of like if you're watching dispassionately and it wasn't a big game, maybe it was a bad game of football. But if you're interested in the narrative of mm. big sport and finals, like I thought yeah. it was great to watch. Hef, as, uh, as, as, if it's tasked with being the pinnacle of, of the European game and of club football, it didn't live up to that. No. But in terms of an occasion and in terms of a ma- a, like a one-on-one matchup, yeah. like it was brilliant to watch in that respect because, like I say, <clears throat> that inter-team, like man for man, and especially you go through their defence in midfield. This isn't like nowhere close to what Manchester City have. And like they, they like inter squandered it. Like they really did. And, and Lukaku, like, this is a final underlining of why he should never be trusted as that level of a striker is because he will waste those chances when it comes down to it. And it's just, that's fait accompli now. I saw him mess up and I thought, <clears throat> Chelsea, you're going to sign him this summer. Nothing sure. What do you mean? He's already a Chelsea player. Just he's already a Chelsea player. Is he still on? But yeah. <laughs> oh, right, well, oh, they'll yeah. bring him back. They'll probably they'll probably pay for him all the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll um, find a way. Pep dressing so formally. I when I saw that, I was like, oh, they're in trouble here. Oh yeah, he didn't even do it for the FA Cup final. Do you know? You know. Just no thought suit. that is starting a contagion in that dressing room. Here we are. It's just another game. Pep's just walked in in all black, wearing a jacket. This str- yeah, that freaked Ever- Ederson out. I guarantee you, <laughs> Ederson, <laughs> Ederson, <laughs> the best player on the pitch. But yeah, sorry, he was woeful by the standards that Pep judges. Like he was like everything Pep doesn't want to give away. What yeah. twice? Really great saves, terrible distribution. Yeah, Pep's yeah, eyes, fair enough. Yeah. That's not a goalkeeper. I thought his claim actually uh, probably an underrated moment, but like in the in injury time where he came right out to the edge of the box and jumped over everybody. Yeah. That's like really, really good goalkeeping in a way that Big you'll time. never really hear too much On about. On a serious point, he probably doesn't get the credit as a goalkeeper. And yeah. that maybe because he's the distributor. Illustri- yeah, 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 illustrated. He was, he was fantastic at saving saving shots and, and coming out and cl- be, being that master of, of his penalty area. Like yeah. that's that's a huge thing for a goalkeeper to be, and it's almost I want to say like a lost art, but certainly underappreciated one in the year of distribution and playing it out from the back and the kind of you know flack that everything that's thrown at David De Gea um, like God, there was never a question that anything was getting past him it was like I think it was uh, wasn't it Darren Maloney in the RTE commentary on Saturday he was like wasn't this the same end that Dudek was performing heroics against Shevchenko in 2005 and it absolutely was and it was that level of a final performance from, from Ederson that got them over the line yeah We should kick on. The news round then is with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night edition is available now. So, like I said, we're going to talk Rashida Adelecki this hour. We'll be talking with Damien Delaney about the Champions League and with John Bruin as well between 8 and 9. And after 9, we'll be talking uh, hurling all the way with David Herity and Christy O'Connor. So, uh, Rich, yeah. look, I guess we know one way or another things are just going to fall apart for us at the Rugby World Cup. So, it's, uh, <laughs> it's nice to get some early clues. 
Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan Sexton is running the risk of missing a chunk of Ireland's Rugby World Cup warm-up and perhaps even a portion of the tournament itself. According to the business paper City AM, Sexton is to be hit with three misconduct charges arising from last month's Heineken Champions Cup final. Leinster are believed to have received a disciplinary letter from the EPCR outlining the charges facing the 37-year-old on Friday. Among them are using obscenities towards referee Jakob Piper and his assistants Carl Dixon and Christoph Ridley. Uh, meanwhile, he's been tasked or been charged with using foul and abusive language towards those officials and acting in an intimidating manner. If he is suspended, he could well miss, as I say, those three World Cup warm-up games which begin on August 5th with the visit of Italy to the Aviva Stadium, England and Samoa following on from that and then we've got the big kickoff in France. So really it's fine if he misses the warm-up games. Better off, actually. <laughs> Just coming cold having not played since the Six Nations. Well, not quite that, but... Key Wood did that in 03, I think, didn't he? He missed like a year and came mm. back and just played the tournament yeah. and nothing else. And you'd think back, it was fine. You'd back Sexton to do it because he has this crazy ability to not play yeah. and then pitch up. And there's less I, chance of him getting injured. Maybe. I'd still rather he wasn't suspended. I'd no, I know. It was our choice. Mm. Our, me and Andy Farrell. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have some reaction from the hurling? To the, uh, to the hurling, yes, indeed. Uh, the hurling uh, going on yesterday and the Kilkenny manager, Derek Ling, says plenty of work still needs to be done ahead of their All-Ireland hurling semi-final. In injury time, Killian Buckley goals saw the Cats claim the Leinster title with a 421 to 226 win over Galway at Croke Park. Kilkenny saw an eight-point lead with 21 minutes to go, evaporate into an injury time deficit and Ling believes they can't get away with that again. Well, I think I think we need more. Yeah, I think we need to be better. I think you know when you're eight points up, obviously um, we look at that, and it's happened a few times this year. We've had good leads, and you know other teams have come back into it. That can happen. Um, but I think what's important is that we need to manage it a little bit better at times. I think when we get a lead like that, um, easier said than done. You know the players are on the pitch. Galway are a fantastic team of excellent hurlers up front, especially, and um, you know that's that's just the nature of the game. It's how we respond, and I think look, I think today that was. Uh, you, know, you could see the, you know, the character of a lot of those fellas came through. He comes across, I must say, as a very decent, personable character, Derek Ling, and yeah. you just loved him running onto the pitch. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. There's just nothing sweeter in life or sport than a last-minute sucker punch. We won the game. There's nothing you can do about it. Ah, uh, yeah, the joy. Because well, it was on the way back for the thing, and 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 the commentary was very much sort of like. You know they've gone ahead and they've won the game, and you were thinking, "Wait, is that is he jumping?" You know, and it was literally that quick. You yeah. know, um, God, it's a killer for Galway, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, I actually I I agree with John Ling, and I think that's something we'll probably talk about as the season goes on a little bit. His the contrast between him and Cody, I think, is very interesting. It'd be so tempting to just go with more of the same, and it's great that they haven't. Uh, but Galway, like, I mean, to fight back from eight points down, to look dead and buried, and be thinking like this is gone. What the hell is going on? Like, is Sheffield going to even survive the season? Because, like, how do you come back from this? To show such heart and to come on and for the bench to play so well, for Flynn to come on and get the goal. Nyland's best ever game for Galway. And you're thinking, they've won this game. I can't believe it. I can't believe that that Galway have done this to Kilkenny and they're going to go on and win. And what a position they're in now going into the next... And they're the thoughts you're having. The next thing, goal in the last second. The thing that almost never happens, you know? Like, I think they're goosed Galway. Yeah, um, it's hard I, to know. I, I, the four goals, albeit the Killian Buckley one, had a freakish element to it. Uh, so yeah. maybe less of that one. But the Mikey Butler goal, the way he wasn't tracked and things opened up for him. The Keown goal. Yeah. Keogan or Keown? Mossy Keown. Keown. I think. Uh, that was like 
two on two and it's like the two Galway fellas go up and compete for it he stays down one Kilkenny player goes up and, and boom and then even the, like the Walter Walsh one like you couldn't take anything away from Walsh what a goal like it's everything that's beautiful about hurling in, in, encapsulated but it's just far too soft a goal to concede allied to the fact that they have with all due respect to Offaly Tipperary most likely yep. you are I mean Tipperary a lot of oh uh, they're not even dark horses so forgotten about. Yeah. yeah Tipperary in the quarter they're not final. even on the cards Overcome them, that's a big question mark. I'd make tip favourites for that game. And then you got Limerick in a semi-final, make Limerick favourites for that game. And then you got the final itself. I just don't see it. It's a long road, but let's just focus on whether whether they be tip or not yet. Like, you know, and I, I would think there's there's definitely something they can take heart from. It's it's a absolute sucker punch as you say yourself, it's a killer blow. But can like I mean that's that's part of the the evaluation of Shefflin's management is whether whether they come back from it. All the things you're saying, you're 100 percent right. But they they can be sorted. Sometimes matches are like that. Sure. Sometimes Great matches point. are like that, and they get a little bit kind of away from you. And the, again, I think the biggest thing about Galway's character is how they fought back into that game. Fair enough. I was surprised by it. I thought it was over. Uh, they're eight points down, and Kilkenny just seemed to have the beating of them mm-hmm. everywhere, mm-hmm. and. They fought back, and they did lose the game. It's, it's, you know, it's like I say, like as if, like you know, that we decided the referee just decided to give Kilkenny three points extra or something. Like you know, they conceded that goal. It's all part of the the performance. But I just thought they were desperately unlucky. Yeah. You have um, Brian Lowen then, uh, Rich. Obviously, the free loomed large in his mind, or the non-free. Non-free, yeah. And on the other side of the draw, as you mentioned, Limerick turning a halftime deficit into a fifth Munster title in a row. They held off Clare with that 123-122 to scoreline at the TUS Gatorgrounds. Speaking to our own Ashley O'Reilly after the game, banner manager Brian Lowen felt to some degree they left the game behind them. Yeah, we were happy enough at half time. We probably could have gone in a little bit more ahead. You know, um, just before half time, we were we were um, uh, we were doing well and um, probably left a couple of scores uh, behind us. Um, so that's really the story of the game. Really, we just left scores behind us. Yeah, a few wides and just some balls dropping short, and that's probably in the end what cost it. Yeah, I think that our stats lads, lads were telling us now that our shooting efficiency was only around fifty percent, and theirs was approximately seventy. So, you know, that's. Um, that's tough. I mean, that'll do it. Fifty percent meet seventy. Yeah, and that's it. Like, I mean, there was three chances to equalise, like late on, that were all gimmies in modern day hurling. Anyway, you know, and one of them was like Kelly, who had showed up. Like, it was, would have been a great score, but the finish was the easy part. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what that's what's like so hard to deal with from a Clare point of view. Like you can talk as you said earlier, and you're you're actually right about it. You know, it's like you've said I'm right a lot in this. It was so egregious that it's hard <laughs> to kind of get your head around that. That's like you know, it was a bad decision. Yeah, that would like they should have got. But they, in some ways, that would have been getting out of jail when they could have just taken matters out of uh, the referees' hands themselves yeah. early on. Like you know, so control the controllables is what I've heard on the high performance podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mossy says I definitely agree with Mick the crowd invasion put the fear in the referee of robbing them of their expected win that's a neutral Cork man here Paul does make the point plenty of sufferies against Limerick in the first half yesterday two hilarious yellow cards for Casey and Hegarty Hegarty yellow card for being pulled drag kicked I'm sure he's used to this treatment by now says Paul yeah like the Hegarty thing didn't affect the game though it was I know, nonsense but but imagine he gets another yellow Limerick like, kept their free that they had like I know and he didn't get the other free but like it was I agree that that's nonsense like we had, like, and Clare have been at that worse than anyone this year I'll be honest about that uh, kind of like trying to get lads in trouble or you Big know time. and like your man yeah. what, I don't know what Hegarty did to him exactly but he hit the deck and even like there was a half I'm going to slow down my stride 
I felt half in the hope that I, Hegarty gets a wallop into me when he's already been fouled by another fella and then we're in his face and like we know it's Hegarty hit the deck whoa, 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 yellow card and I did kind of think that's one where his reputation's gone totally against him and I felt sorry for him at that point yeah absolutely we got, I couldn't figure out what had happened in the match actually like at there but there was that sort of murmur of like oh Jesus has he done something again because he was yeah. so far over the whole thing took ages because he was over the other side of the pitch Yeah, and you're like oh my god is this going to be a red card has Hegarty done something again and, I know. He, and, and he hadn't done anything like you know yeah so uh, we have Talchin quarterfinals we have the fixtures named Richie yeah, Limerick's meeting with Leash back at the TUS Gaelic Grounds on Saturday. We'll get the Talchin Cup quarterfinals underway. That will have a 3 p.m. throw in. They'll get underway at 4 Park Talton in Navan, where Meath play Wexford, and Kingspan Breffney host Cavan and Dem from 5.15 that afternoon. On Sunday, Antrim meet Carlo at Corrigan Park, where there's a 1 p.m. throw in. Interestingly, only the games in Limerick and Cavan will be screened by GAA Go. The others uh, just to be witnessed by those who attend. A messy situation surrounding the Irish Under-21s. Yeah, on more more uh, more than one front, the Republic of Ireland under twenty one boss Jim Crawford has described Gabon's no show for a friendly match as a real mess. Ireland were due to play the African sides under twenty threes in Austria tomorrow, but their opponents decided not to travel. Crawford said he would have brought a smaller squad if he knew he was just going for two matches. Ireland still have games to come on Friday with Ukraine and then on Sunday against Kuwait. Meanwhile, Crawford says he's not surprised by England's pursuit of Tom Cannon. The Everton striker is taking time to reflect on his international future. Having he scored on his Ireland under-21 debut against Iceland in March. Cannon scored eight goals and 20 loan appearances for Preston in the second half of this season. And Crawford says he'll speak with Cannon after this camp in Austria. Why does taking time never feel like a great <laughs> Characterize the situation. Oh, look, I mean, you're, it's sad, like, but you immediately see that yesterday and you're like, oh, he's gone. Mm. Forget about Tom Cannon. Been, I've been, I've been penciling him in for uh, the future. Yeah. We should uh, mention Rich. It's our, <laughs> it's our first story. It would be our first piece after the uh, ad break. Definitely one of the stories of the weekend, if not the story from an Irish perspective. We got a full-on superstar territory here. We do, yeah. Rashida Adelaide posted the 20th fastest women's 400 metres of all time at the weekend. She did so in winning the NCAA Championships in Texas in a time of 49.20 seconds. Adelaide also helped the University of Texas win the 4 by 100 metre title. I mean, it's kind of insane. She breaks an Irish record every time she runs. So I think she's set seven national records this year. Yeah. Which is quite something. Indoor and outdoor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whilst it probably wouldn't win a silver medal in Paris next year, 49-20 <coughs> would have won a silver medal in the Olympic final just gone. Uh, she beat the pre-race favourite, Britton Wilson as well, who had beaten her in her last race. Like, that was the other aspect of this record run, is that it was a proper race. I was just about to say the same thing. I thought that was what like caught my eye when I watched it on Sunday morning. I'd be interested to see what Derval t- takes of it as well. Like this wasn't a time run; this was a race, you know. And she won the race. And I think that you know, you know, athletics is a sport like any other. It is sometimes about like the match play of it. You know what I mean? And and that's a huge factor as well in our evaluation of how far Rashida's going to go as well. Is that you know she took on someone yes. and beat her in a race? Like yeah. It does seem like she has a decision to make now because, um, well, interestingly, actually, the opponent who she beat, who had beaten her in the previous race, Britton Wilson, has said that she's absolutely turning pro and hitting the Diamond League next year, 2024. And so Adelaide is having, I would think, meetings with lots of brands and uh, shoe companies who are offering her a huge amounts of money to turn pro and say goodbye to Texas. And that must be a very tempting thing to do, albeit things are going very well at Texas and, mm. you know, you're changing in 
close enough proximity to the Olympics. So I, I think we'll get word over the next uh, couple of weeks listening to Carl Dennehy on AM this morning. So that's one aspect of this story. But either way, just amazing NCAA title. It's like a thrilling thing, isn't it? Like, they t- yeah. t- t- you know, any any random like Sunday morning or whatever, you might just turn on your Twitter feed and it's like, oh, Rashida's at it again. And it's always positive. Like, you know, yeah. you'll never guess. She set a record. <laughs> yeah. a record. Um, we'll talk to Dermot O'Rourke in just a moment. Richie, thank you very much. Nice and lads. Michael, thank you. Thank you, folks. Your chance to win big. News Talks Summer Cash Machine. OK, Cash Machine Reloaded. The new amount you need to know is €20,582.31. Text play to 57557. Get your entry in by 3 o'clock tomorrow. And if your phone rings, answer within five rings and give us the exact amount in euro and cents. So remember the amount again, 20,000. 582 euro 31 cents over 18s only text cost 2 euro 50 and you're playing across the goal line network of stations terms and conditions on newstalk.com